0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'd like to welcome each and every one of y'all back to the Wave. And if it's your first time listening to the Health State Shock Wave, I'd like to give you your initial welcome. We're glad that each and every one of you are here. We value all of y'all's time that y'all spend to listen to us just drone on and on about, you know, your favorite school. Uh, we know that y'all could be listening to a lot of other – doing a lot of other more productive things, and you're choosing to be with us anyway. How about it? Uh, as always, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Logazino. And like I said, we're glad you're here. Um, always want to remind y'all to go check out all the affiliates of Wave Sports, who is uh, our parent company. You can find uh, all kinds of Instagram accounts dedicated to all kinds of sports, you know, they football, baseball, basketball. You know, if you're into soccer, tennis, they've got it. If you're into just watching plays of random people in their backyards, they got a whole page with like a trillion followers. It's just cool videos like that. Okay, it's called Highlights Wave. It's fun. <laughs> you should all give it a try. When I say page, by the way, that's, that's what we that's what we're called. That's link. This is lingo one on one right here. Me and Gavin, we have Instagram pages. We are creators. Us creators. We we try to be creators. We try. And I mostly am a thief. And what that means is I find video. I'm not good at making videos. I find videos. I make videos a lot too. But anyway. But we creators have pages. Pages is an account on a social media platform called Instagram where we share things about our favorite team, which is Mississippi State. My account or page is called Mississippi State Wave. One word. Gavin's is called. Hell State Wave and it could eat mine, literally. It's like three times the size of mine as far as how many people follow it. But Colton's
1: is just as good as mine, so.
0: Mine doesn't look as good as his. <laughs> we might can believe, He might believe in his heart that it's just as good, but it doesn't, at least doesn't look the part. His is more official looking. Anyway, enough of talk of, you know, official lingo, business, promotion, that mumbo-jumbo. We're here to talk about Mississippi State. First thing I'd like to update all of y'all on is something that came out. Uh, it's been, it's, this has been, you know, a couple weeks in the making. Of course, we started fall camp uh, on August 2nd. We uh, greeted all of our new players uh, into the Leo M Seal football complex with an updated locker room. Of course, y'all probably saw the, uh, what LSU did with their locker room and got every single player, like, it's their own personal couch that they can, like, sleep on. Which I thought was interesting. Gavin, you ever fallen asleep in a locker room full of dudes?
1: No, I have not. It's, if it's anything, not I'll sleep in the bleachers.
0: Bro, I'd go, yeah, i go sleep. If I'm going to sleep, like, I, my mom was a teacher. I'd go crash in her classroom.
1: Yeah.
0: Or I'd go sleep in the locker room during the day, like, during class time when nobody's in there. But if you fall asleep in the lo- in the locker room, which they're going to be in the locker room with their brothers and stuff, with all the boys in there, <laughs> that's – that's asking for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know why they, like, are asking these guys to, you know, sleep in their lockers because, you know, to my knowledge, you don't just hang out in the locker room by yourself and need a place to nap. Anyway, maybe they all have nap time, like, all together, and it's like a team <laughs> bonding exercise. That could be it, you know. Yeah, runs into some weird stuff. That could be it. I think, I think we might have cracked that one. But anyway, we got some locker room updates. Uh, those videos are available if you want to go look at it on the official football Twitter. Um, but mostly just making sure that we keep up with most state-of-the-art things uh, that we possibly can. You know, our athletic department has made the commitment to investing in players and investing in facilities to the point to where we are have some of the best facilities in the country. Edited from a facility standpoint, across all sports and across all playing fields and courts. Um, for example, for for your football team, they just got a new football game day locker room on the north side of the end zone. They have that cool, awesome entrance that they do now with the rising like bay door thing, which is like super cool. I love it. It's like fun to watch. And it just gives you chills when you're watching. We them. need more smoke, Uh, more smoke, more fire. What could go wrong? <laughs> right um there's a whole pirate if you ever talk to someone on the pyro team it's pretty fun they they really love their job um anyway there's like a whole company whose whole job is to have fire at events so we have them at basketball games and football games anyway um we have a recently last year we updated our recruitment lounge at the uh davis wade stadium which is a very important thing you know when the rec- the area that receives the recruits that are taking visits during game days and uh official visit times you can they can come to another state-of-the-art facility that we have and tour the many state of the art facilities we have. Of course, you know we have the best baseball field ever made. Um, we have a, one of the some of the best soccer and uh, softball complexes ever made. Brand new softball field uh, brought two years ago. We are putting in now an eight million dollar indoor tennis facility for to celebrate and commemorate the outstanding achievements and performances of both of our tennis teams over the last couple of years. You know, our men's team has been one definitely the best in the sec the last two years. They won the sec the last two years and one of the best teams in the country. And our women's team has uh, had up and down years, but they also are t- uh, top, one of the top ranked programs a couple of years back. And they are going to have by this, by this spring, it will be completed an indoor facility to move matches to if it's uh if uh, severe weather is an issue and to practice in and to just have their own a facility all their own uh, on campus, ad- right adjacent to the AJ Pitts Tennis Center, which is where they play now. And it's just something, you know, every single sport, it seems like, has their own place. Every single, excuse me, every single school affiliated sport. So we're not going to, you know, teams, of course. Every single official team seems to have like their own place now which a lot of schools don't you know a lot of a lot of volleyball teams have to play on their basketball court we have a whole volleyball thing a whole volleyball area a lot of soccer teams have to play you know especially at small schools have to play on the football field we have our own soccer field we have a huge basketball gym and two separate practice gyms for men's and women's that have you know eight goal eight basketball hoops in them a piece we've got our own two, uh, two different now tennis facilities and our own softball field and it's just you know a brand new softball field, and it's just I like to see what we're doing, throwing. You know, you know, you might think we're throwing a lot of money at that. Athletics pays back. Okay, we, it is an investment that the university can afford to make because we get that return on investment from the fans. So glad we got all that because you know in years past we didn't really we weren't all, you know in years past we'd save a lot of money on athletics and that's just the way we did things. You know we wouldn't break the bank that we'd have a great education or whatever. And we still do, but now we've seen the the investment we have made has brought returns, and that's good. You know, we've got the whole new double jumbotron on the in the football stadium, which I'm actually looking at a photograph of right now. If you don't, if you don't own one of those panoramic photographs of the stadiums, Mississippi <laughs> State, it's there. If you want to want them framed them everything, it's a little pricey, but it nothing looks better in anybody's house. All right, get them matted in maroon, you know. I got I got all three of our biggest stadiums are doing up a field in the hump and Davis Wade on my wall right here.
1: It's a great – Now we just need the Jumbotron to look completely functionable at all times.
0: There's always at least one square out. Yeah. Okay. We just got to live with it.
1: I don't know. Okay. It may, that's, it makes I don't know so what mad. it is. It triggers my it's OCD. It's annoying.
0: I don't know if it's more annoying when it's a bunch of squares out or – and I can't see as much, or it's one square that doesn't interfere with what I'm looking at at all, but I've noticed the one square. Yeah. It's always at least one. It's a no, ugh. even at baseball, basketball, uh, basketball is fine. But baseball and football, there's always at least yeah.
1: one pixel. Probably just something that is, to do with outdoors because, like you said, basketball is always fine. That's right. Well, they,
0: that big, those big square ones that they have, like at NBA games that we have, I feel like those are, like been around for forever and they've got all the bugs worked out of that our new screens, especially at baseball are, and baseball info are state of the art, like super brand new technology. Um, I'm sorry. If y'all hear any background noise, I have a dog that's decided now's the perfect time to sprint around the house. <laughs> he's making laps around my living room and kitchen. Uh, there he goes. So, he's very, he's got a lot of energy. That's probably why we, he probably fits his name. His name is Mangum
1: <laughs>
0: and he always hustles the first always. <laughs> anyway, moving on to uh some other things. Speaking of a couple other sports other than your big moneymaker sports like football, baseball, and basketball, we just ushered in of a new softball coach. Coach Samantha Ricketts was promoted from uh from her assistant position following the relief of, of Coach Van Studeman from her duties as a softball coach. You know, Van had been in here for nine years. Never had an SEC winning record, and it was kind of—I didn't. The timing of it's kind of odd, but long and short is that they build you a new stadium, and you've got the not—not not just the two best hitters in the SEC, but one of, if not both, of the best hitters in the country. You got both of those on your team, a brand new stadium, and you can't put together a winning record in the SEC. You just got to kind of change. You know, maybe it's more the situation; just wasn't great for everybody going on, but Samantha Ricketts, a former a national champion out of a, as a player at a university of Oklahoma. They like what she brings to the table as a coach. Um, you know, one of those, young, another young, like upstart coach and you know, I kind of like the Rams hiring Sean McVay or uh, how Scott Frost is, it was a big, the big thing, you know, a young coach uh, making splashes. That's what they think about uh, Ricketts in the football in the softball world. Excuse me. So, Um, Gavin, tell me, because I know you've seen it, more of it than I have, we're going to move on to some more, you know, interesting, not everyday topics right now. Gavin, tell me what you uh, saw watching Jonathan Abram on HBO.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) if you guys don't know, uh, Jonathan Abram from last year's Mississippi State defense, he's now with the Oakland Raiders, and uh, the Oakland Raiders are being featured on an HBO special called Hard Knocks, which... (laughs) Uh, if you don't know what Hard Knocks is, basically every year the HBO selects a uh, NFL team that they basically do a documentary about during the off season, and then, you know, uh, they just show how it plays out during the regular season. So, Jonathan Abram has been chosen for Hard Knocks, well, his team has, and he's one of the stars of the show. Um, and it's just cool to be able to see somebody that is from Mississippi State um, get so much attention. And I, I would recommend watching Hard Knocks. It's on YouTube, actually. Um, you can you can watch the first episode right now. I, I think it's like 55 minutes long, and you can watch it for free. So if you don't have anything to do, like if you're sitting up late at night recording or doing whatever you're doing like we are, then I would definitely recommend turning it on. Um, but really what I'm what, – well you've been seeing from Abram in this first episode which is all I've watched so far I think the second one's coming out in a couple of days um he's still if you know Jonathan Abram at all from Mississippi state and his career around Starkville, he's just a funny guy and he always has high energy and that's exactly how he is on the show um towards the end of episode one he actually they show him whenever Oakland's doing their walkthrough drills he he smokes a tight end, throws him on his back. It's actually a veteran, Luke Wilson. He throws him on his back, and Luke Wilson gets up and starts chewing him out, saying, all right, rookie, we'll see how it is when the pads come on and all this stuff. And Abram's talking smack back to him. And then uh, the Raiders' head coach, John Gruden, pulls him to the side and basically says, look, John, I know I know you're a hard hitter. That's why you're here right now. But, you know, this is just a walkthrough you need to calm down. We can't we can't have you injuring our own guys in fall camp. And Jonathan Abram looks back at John Gruden and says, I'm your first rounder. What are you gonna do? Cut me. So <laughs> it's just it is ridiculous some of the stuff that they say on that show.
0: Yeah, the Raiders have had an interesting week.
1: Um Yeah, I'm excited for episode two.
0: They uh so this is just, you know, has nothing to do with what y'all are interested in at all, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Apparently, star wide receiver Antonio Brown, who talent-wise is probably definitely is a case for best receiver in the league.
1: Top three for sure.
0: Top three, no doubt. You know, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham. You can't put them Beckham.
1: above DeAndre Hopkins.
0: Okay, DeAndre Hopkins is probably the best receiver in the league, but his team, he doesn't have the team around him to show that. So yeah. that's not his fault. But anyway, he, Antonio Brown, is threatening to retire because he can't wear the helmet he wants yeah. to wear.
1: They he's banned his helmet.
0: He, I think he's, I mean, like, I don't like to throw around the term psycho anymore because, you know, some it's not cool. But anyway, like, he's about to, he's literally, literally, he is going they cannot talk to him. They don't know where he is. He's gone. He helmets to his house for him to try on. He got frostbite therapy thing in France and co- went in without shoes to the cryotherapy cha- chamber, so his feet are frostbitten. Uh, cryotherapy is when they just put you in. They the actually show and make that a lot the really cold. One. Yeah, like what? And then now he is threatening to retire over a helmet because they decided that his helmet, which is like a ten-year-old version that. You know, old quarterbacks used. Tom Brady used to wear it. He was mad because he thought Tom and Aaron Rodgers were still allowed to wear theirs, and he wasn't. But they're not either. It's no special rules for anybody, and he doesn't get special rules either. And the thing is, this helmet's being banned for it's not safe. And Antonio Brown famously got laid out when by his now teammate Von Taylor's perfect in the playoffs back in 2015 and or 16. And when he got laid out, he was almost unco- – he was like – had a huge concussion, was, was not sure if he was was even conscious for the first few seconds after the hit. And now that he doesn't want to wear a better helmet. <laughs> like he, – Well, he, he, says, fa- he says it
1: interferes with his vision.
0: Okay, every single other football player doesn't have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he wants – if y'all know, you know, if you play football in high school, he wants to wear the fishbowl helmet. That He doesn't want to wear the speed helmet. We all – well, I was, everybody on my team, we want the speed helmet, you know, and it's just, that's, you know, a layman's term for whatever specific type of helmet it is. He wants to wear the one that literally looks like a, a fishbowl yeah. with glossy paint on it. Okay. I'm, I'm watching a want wear game right now. Prescott Nobody's helmet. wearing those helmets. I don't, I don't understand. Nobody's wearing these helmets right now yeah. and except then, for him. And he's threatening to decided, not play over it.
1: Yeah. Another thing I'm deciding to see in episode two is exactly what went down with uh, Gabe Jackson's injury. And if you don't know who Gabe Jackson is or what happened, he actually used to play line at Mississippi State, and he just suffered an injury. Winner of the
0: former Kent Hull Trophy winner for best yeah. offensive lineman in the state of Mississippi.
1: Yeah. um, But he is actually down with an injury right now. I think they said he'll be back week eight, if I'm not mistaken. So I just want to see everybody's mm-hmm. reaction to that, see what Gruden has to say, and, yeah, that that's another thing I'm looking forward to for that yep. episode.
0: Yeah, the Raiders have had a big week. Speaking of big weeks, somebody very near and dear to y'all's hearts started school this week, Gavin. Uh, Gavin yeah. started his senior year on Wednesday. Yep, at DeSoto Central He's High. excited. He's excited. So, y'all watch out for him next year on college campuses across America. I, I'll just be going just with this one. <laughs> hey, some college. I know a lot of college Tuscaloosa and Oxford. Every weekend they they get so. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. You, know, be you in could be across of, America quite a
1: few weekends this year. So. At least
0: three. Yeah, at least three.
1: Um,
0: Another, you know, if you want to talk about big weeks again, your other co-host celebrated a birthday this week. Mm-hmm. If you all want to go, on my <laughs> Instagram and DM me happy b- late birthday because it was Thursday. You can do that, and I will message you back.
1: You can see a picture of Colton in a Steph Curry jersey. See a picture of Colton in a what? A Steph Curry jersey.
0: I was not a Steph Curry jersey. I'm proud of my Steph Curry jersey. I want more Steph Curry jerseys. I have a
1: Steph Curry the... jersey T-shirt. So.
0: I have a mm. Steph Curry socks, too. <laughs> if anybody wants to send Colton a Steph Curry jersey, I already have the normal blue one. But if you want to send me the city jersey or the town jersey, or the the you know any of the special edition jerseys or the white jersey.
1: I'll send you the black uh, one. Is the black yeah. one the town?
0: I love the black one. I love the black and white one. Both of those. If y'all anybody wants to send me one of those jerseys, direct message Mississippi State Wave. I'll give you an address and that can be your birthday present to me. Okay, for providing you with this show, h- half of the show because Gavin's other half. That could be your birthday and for Gavin, you know we can get Gavin like an, an Acuna jersey uh, whenever his birthday is. I already got one of
1: those. Uh, we already missed it. It you already was back miss- in April.
0: We didn't miss it. Uh, okay, so I missed it. They didn't miss it. The show wasn't around in April. But yeah, that's next true. baseball season, guys, y'all all get Gavin uh, Dansby Swanson jersey.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. My mom already says I have too many jerseys, but I don't think that's possible. There's
0: no such thing. No such thing. No such thing. I'm the, I'm the jersey renter at Mississippi State because all these sorority and fraternity people be like, yo, you got a jersey? I got a jersey thing, date party, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. What you got? This one you got this one that I'll let you have and then if I don't like the person, I'll be like, okay. The baseball jerseys, the NBA jerseys, those are off. You can have the old football jersey or the soccer
1: jerseys. Yeah. Mine is like <laughs> mine is strictly MLB. Well not M L B but baseball jerseys. And then football wise I have a DAC one. And then I just this I past year one. got a uh I got one of the white M S U ones with Stephen Gidry's number.
0: I bought the uh I got mine Stephen Gidry's number too, but I got the uh Military ones we wore last year, the grays. I got Ooh. one of those. Those are slick. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Dang,
1: where'd you get that from? Adidas sold them, bro. Dang.
0: Adidas sold them.
1: I missed out.
0: They might still be there. You can go look. Yeah. I would say you mine, but I feel like I'm a lot bigger than you. I don't. I don't know how tall are you. 6'2". Oh no, you could wear it. Yeah. I lied though. We'll I'm see. not gonna sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on, we uh, on our Instagrams we polled our followers for some questions, or comments, concerns, updates, anecdotes, anything they want about football. So without further ado, we're just going to dive into some of those questions. Uh, Gavin, you read out the first one, or just enumerate what the what our first question asker wants to know.
1: So right guy eight two one asked, "Hill State Wave." what are your thoughts on playing Arkansas game three in 2020? So uh, I'll give my answer. And then, it's Colton, weird. you can, Yeah, you can go ahead. It's very weird. It is. Yeah, you go. You know, we're used to playing Arkansas late in the season, um, normally right before the Egg Bowl these past few years. So <clears throat> I think it's definitely weird, but it's also – I won't mind it because it will be a gentle way to kick off SEC play versus opening with LSU or somebody else.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, you know, we opened with LSU for a few years, and I didn't care for that, especially if it wasn't at home being in our first conference game. I like how it has been the last two years. You know, next year, I'm just talking about the whole schedule. It's kind of weird. We go to NC State week two, so there's a pretty tough game. NC State can be a pretty decent team. We've had a good record against them, though, in the past. But starting off with Arkansas at home, you know, even if Arkansas takes a step forward this year and a step forward next year, I like our chances to beat them at home. And start off with the SEC, start off the SEC slate with a win. So I don't mind it, but it it just feels weird. Ar- I always, every time I look at Arkansas football jersey, I think of November. Yeah, because we always play them in November, and now we're playing them in September, which is just odd. We got to play LSU at LSU and at Bama back to back next year. Wonderful, fan freaking tastic. Um, <laughs> that's going to be great. Uh, play a couple of. We, you know, New Mexico New Mexico comes to Starkville, you know, for our opening week. I know a lot of these teams do the really big opening weekend, like awesome game, whatever. That's fine. That's cool.
1: That's great. Yeah. Let's just be I gentle. Let's get a gentle let's, wake up. Let's,
0: you know, we're in the everybody's talking about this tough schedule thing and how the SEC has bad schedules. First of all, especially nowadays, there's not. The SEC schedules are just as hard as everybody else's and harder because we're in the SEC, first of all. Secondly, unless us playing, you know, like this year we play Abilene Christian, unless we go 12-0 and 11-1 and the SEC teams start going 12-0 and 11-1 and getting left out of the playoffs because they play those kind of teams, they're not, there's no neat reason for them to schedule more of the games than that. Unless, you, unless you're just trying to make it ha- uh, cooler for the fans or whatever. But as a coach, I'm not wanting to schedule – uh, Power Five games if I don't have to. If exactly. you're in the SEC now, if you're in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 has been so soft, you probably need an extra game. The ACC, other than Clemson last year, was so soft; they probably need an extra game.
1: And I was thinking, splash from a from a ticket sales standpoint, it could be a smart move to schedule a weaker ACC team for opening week. If you want, like yeah, a home game against me. North Carolina thing- or something, I feel like pe- the people would enjoy that.
0: And we've got. We've got North Carolina on the schedule the next couple of years. Thing is, though, we, we make these schedules eight years in advance. You don't know what the team's going to be like. Yeah. Now, as a now as a fan and as as a fan and as a consumer and as a university trying to make money, yes, I want to schedule those games. But as a coaching staff or as a per- person that wants to win as many games as possible, the big opening weekend doesn't bother me. Yeah. I mean, isn't just isn't for me. Now, I'm not a coaching staff or anything like that, but. Big games in general, period. Like, we, ha- you have to schedule a non-conference power five. That's the, the rules. But I would like to, you know, schedule big games like that. Just – I don't like to put – I don't think putting that opening weekend just to make a big statement on ESPN and have the whole, you know, commercial for your game all year.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I don't think that's worth the risk of, you know, coming out rusty when they just ha- – say they don't have a flat day and you do because the first game just didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Yeah. And then you're all of a sudden you're 0-1.
1: Well – Another so, thing is we've already seen the danger of first-week games, no matter who you're playing. Thank you, Dan Mullen. And, uh, oh yeah, you know, especially um, this year please. with the quarterback race, the way that's going to be, um, you know, that you could have multiple starters week one. And I do yeah, expect, you know, some I do expect to multiple out. quarterbacks to play week one. Even, you know, I don't know, year, actually, I've heard some news lately that would – make me believe that uh one of the quarterbacks will not be able to play week one because of some issues oh that's having.
0: i've i've gotten I've gotten a load on a, on that that's b s it is yeah totally one hundred percent unless something happens between now and then Oh yeah there's rumors guys that one or more of uh, players would uh, could be suspended for the year as of right now we expect every single player that uh barring injury to be available still worried about kareem Walker the running back that was signed out of junior college out of Kansas. At the beginning of the week, they were like, yeah, no, not a problem. In the middle of this week, they were like, he might not make it. So, Green Walker's of from Michigan,
1: right?
0: Yeah, he went to Michigan first, college. We need him because running back depth is a problem because that's your first two running backs. You've got a freshman and a senior that hasn't had a full practice at all because of uh, injury. So that's Alec Murphy.
1: Alec Murphy. Well, uh,
0: Next Jimbo. question.
1: I so said, what about Nick?
0: "That's, that's what, After our first two running backs is what I meant. Uh, Nick Gibson's okay. good. Okay. Kyle Hill's good. You need three of those, at least.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, next next question, question we got is from Gavin Logosino. And he would just Who? like to Who point out – Yeah, I have no clue. He would just like Some to point difficulty. out the October stretch of the 2020 schedule. And in case you what guys haven't seen question. it already – this is ridiculous, okay? We we have A&M at home. That's already going to be a tough game. Jimbo's going to have that team looking pretty good by 2020. And then we go Probably. to Bama on the road, and mm-hmm. then LSU on the road. And mm-hmm. then after that, we come back home and play Auburn. That sounds, to absolutely the Conference. that sounds awful. That's no, what but I no other, to that sounds awful. No the other team in the Conference. SEC West is going to have that; those four games lined up like that. Why we'll does that see, happen to us? Part of,
0: part of that is because some of the, most of the teams in the SEC West are those other teams that we just mentioned. But no, no, it's difficult. And I'll tell you what, this year's schedule is weird too. Uh, th- just go, go look at our schedule. Look how the home and away stacks up this year. It's weird. It's it's not cool. It's just they're they're not doing us any favors. So, uh, and if you go look at the TV time, this uh, it's kickoff times that they've already set. You know, last year we got a bunch of night games. Not this year. The ones that they've the ones that they've set the Southern Miss and Kansas State game already. Those are both in the day, in September, Whew. in the summer. <laughs> Still summer. It is not fall yet, <laughs> and we're kicking off in the daytime.
1: It's Woo. not fall in Mississippi, Mississippi until December. So, uh, no, no.
0: So, uh. Lots of sk- we could we could, um so an instagram user I don't know how this is supposed to be his name is PMPBG that's his handle on Instagram <laughs> he's asking about our punting game there's some really big updates about that so last year our main punter was Tucker Day and it was not one of the strong suits of Mississippi State uh at all was our punting game it was not You know, there were some flashes. In fact, in the bowl game, I think he did really good, did Tucker Day. But uh, was it what it was when we had Logan Cook, who was drafted as a punter, which is very rare to have a punter drafted, um, but after the 2017 season? Well, we got a transfer from South Alabama, Corliss Waitman, who's going to completely turn around the punting game. Except Corliss Waitman's played four years already. His – an ACL after only appearing in three games, and he applied for a medical hardship year to get that uh, to to get to get an extra year to play. So in the NCAA, you have five years to play four seasons. Okay, if you get a medical year, you can have six years to play four seasons. All right, but off the bat, you have five years to play four seasons. Normally, if you only play in three games after an injury, or then have an injury, they'll give you medical hardship. In fact, they. We went ahead and signed him because we were like, yeah, he'll get that. That's, that's a given. And then he didn't get it. He's got an appeal going through right now, but we will not have him on the roster, and he is not able to practice right now uh, if that appeal doesn't go through. And who knows how long it can't, it, that takes, too. So even if it does go through, it might still be a process that we can't wait on. So that's a bit of a hit to our special teams. If we're going to be talking about transfers, um, Alan Love from Louisville, uh, who played in four games last year and is a big D tackle uh, depth guy for us? His He applied for a hardship to be eligible to play immediately and was denied, which is really, really funny because they're usually these teams. If you transfer closer to your home for your family to get to see you play more, especially if you got stuff going on at home, that's what the rule, the eligibility application, immediately eligibility, immediate eligibility application is intended for players that need to go closer to home, that are from playing far away. Something happens, I need to go play football closer to home because my grandfather's sick or uh, my family, or, you know, something going on. And here's what you get. Here's what's happened. Justin Fields can't start at Georgia. He goes to Ohio State, and he's a superstar, so he gets to play immediately. Tate Martell was at Ohio State, and he's going to get beat out by Justin Fields now, so he goes to Miami to play, and he's eligible immediately. But a kid transfers to Illinois because his grandfather's dying, and he wants to play a couple football games in front of him before he loses his grandfather forever, and he's not granted immediately eligibility. Neither is Alan Love, who's trying to. You know, he's from Birmingham. He was in Louisville or Louisville, which is farther away than Starkville, and he's not going to get to play this year. So, don't you just love how things work out?
1: Uh, yeah, the the person who really gets screwed out of that is Luke Ford, though, from the guy who was at Georgia and transferred to Illinois. That just is that sucks. what his name
0: was? Yeah. That's, that's terrible. That's absolute, it's despicable and diabolical. So the, team, the guys that, that are stars in the NCAA can transfer because they're not man enough to – or they're not a good enough player. You know, that's insulting to say man enough. I'm not trying to insult anybody on this show. They're not a good enough football player to, to start at school A that they decided to go to, that they knew going into who was on that roster in front of them and who the recruits were coming to that school. So they have to go to somewhere else if they want to start. Yeah. Justin Fields, guys, is gonna. Jake Fromm's getting drafted this year out at, of at Georgia. He will have two years to start, guaranteed, unless some some other freshman comes and takes his job. And really... he wants all three years to start and he decides that he's got to go somewhere uh, where he can get on the field now and be the superstar now because it's all about yeah. him. And the NCAA says, yeah, it's all about you because you're a superstar and you're going to make us money, so we're going to let you play immediately. And this guy who's using the rule the way it was intended to be used, is going to get denied.
1: I really just don't understand what Fields' thought, thought process was when he committed to Georgia, though. Like, I wonder if he thought he, Fromm was good enough to go pro, which Fromm was good so, enough to go pro after this season. But I wonder if he well, thought he, that's he, what he was going well, to do. Well,
0: he's a, he's, a ju- he's a junior right now, so he's going to go pro after – he couldn't go pro after last year. He's a sophomore. Uh, but I thought like, like he was
1: going into his senior year.
0: No, he's going into his junior year. But here's the thing. The kid chased away one of the best recruit quarterbacking recruits of all time, and Jacob Easley, who was the number one quarterback in his class. And you think that you have have a great chance? Justin Fields thought he was going to go in there and take it as a freshman. That was his mindset. That, he said that in an interview. He's like, you know, I expect I expect to. I'm going to play like I'm starting, no matter how, no matter what year I am or who else is in the room. I'm going to practice like I'm the starter. Okay. Jacob Easley, who Jake from who. Jake Fromm stole Jacob Easy's job, was the Mr. All-American high school quarterback when he was playing, and Jake Fromm run him out of town. Jake Fromm has now run two number one overall uh, quarterback recruits out of Athens, Georgia. Frum so is a, that's just how good dude. Jake Fromm is. He's a bad dude. But why, why, why do you think that you're just going to go and just take his job that he's already established and then get all – bad have to transfer when you don't you know he knew what he was getting into is what i'm saying my favorite
1: storyline out of this whole situation though is tate martell and justin fields yeah all because tate martell says oh well if you if, what did he say if you swing the second time you better not something miss, said if something you, like yeah that.
0: if you if you sing, if you swing you better not miss especially if it's the second time yeah so, this is really funny too. So, Justin Tate Martell tweets that when he hears that Justin Fields might go to Ohio State. The next week, Justin Fields goes to Ohio State. And the next day, Tate Martell enters the transfer portal.
1: <laughs> that just <laughs> shows that you tells Tate you, Martell is about that talk. That's all he is. That
0: tells you what kind of player, you know, we don't have any players that are going to talk like that and then immediately bail on what they said. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. <laughs>
1: Anyway, All right, we need to get are Tyson rabbits.
0: Another question.
1: Um. Top. You, you want it? No, you go. All right, Tyson McGuire or Tyson Twenty Four McGuire asked, "How stacked will we be in 2021?" And That's a weird question. yeah, that that is a strange question. But if you're looking, if you're already looking ahead to next season, um, you look at the quarterback situation. We're good there. We either have Maiden or Schrader, which is probably going to be Schrader um or in
0: 2021 yeah yeah so quarterback we look i, I love when we have a quarterback Garrett schrader could be really 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 good especially if he red this year and there's availability starting in 2021 um we look you know we just signed a running back that played running back for a single year in alabama and scored almost 60 touchdowns <laughs> which is if you think about it y'all they play 10 games he had a few playoff games, but their season's 10 games. He scored 56 touchdowns. He averaged 19 yards per carry. I couldn't yeah. average 19 yards per carry against against Pop Warner foot, uh, players. <laughs> if I was the only 6'4 running back in the whole Pop Warner League, I would not average 19 yards per carry. Okay? This dude's playing against kids his own age. I like what we have at running back. Um, Receiver. Love that we're going to have – you know, receiver, you're gonna have uh, Wop. Wop's gonna be there. Austin Williams. Let's see. Austin Williams is a redshirt sophomore this year. So he'll will be, he will be a senior. Yeah, I have to do some math. That's, <laughs> school does not start until the twenty first, guys. I should not be doing any kind of math. Don't have any math classes next semester anyway. Um, Austin Williams should be around our young linebacking core of uh, Aaron Brule, Nathaniel and Nathaniel Watson, and Jet Johnson. Those mm-hmm. are some studs. They're going to be just like the uh, trio of awesome linebackers. We'll have uh, By the way, Jaquarius Spivey is lighting things up in practice at the tight end. He's just a plus-plus athlete. Um, He's he's fun to play in basketball, too, because when you're having a hot shooting night and he's not and you're lined up against him, he gets all frustrated and gets mad at you, and it's really funny. Uh, we'll
1: Spivey, Jerrion was... Jones, Pickering.
0: Jerry. And... Defense looks good with Jaron Jones at corner, maybe moved to safety by then. And Nathan Pickering, two of the best uh, recruits out of uh, Mississippi last year. Uh, Nathan Pickering is one of the all-time best uh, recruits that we've ever had. Um, Charles Cross, a five-star offensive lineman, will still be on the team. They really are looking to redshirt him this year, which means that year will be his sophomore year, his redshirt sophomore year,
1: Uh, if if all
0: things go according to plan. Fabian Lovin and Jaden Crumity, defensive tackles that are going to be plus-plus players. Aaron Odom uh, would be a senior that year, senior and junior that year at defensive end. Um, there's a lot of good stuff going on for yeah. 2021. Of course, a, a lot of our players that are going to be good on that team are, you know, any sophomore yeah. that plays that year will, or any freshman is still in high school right now. So there's a lot of, you know, things you got to look at, you know, looking at recruits that we have this year, uh, any, any junior college, we have a lot of some of the best junior college players on our recruiting, our recruiting class right now in the state. Um, I think all, I think at just about every position group, we've got like the top one or two player in the country in the G, for Juco. It almost seems like, you know, we just uh, uh, have a commitment from a linebacker Tyrus wheat out of Colin in we've got like 17 million players out of Colin in Coming up, and you know, that's where Montez Sweat and uh came from, and Donald Gray. And you know, there's always good talent at co- at a Pi Lincoln Community College. Those Ooh. guys will all be, if they don't redshirt, seniors that year. So it's you know, looking in the very far future, uh, doesn't look bad, doesn't mm-hmm. look like we're going to have any a terrible amount of attrition. Of course, it isn't asking us to predict 2021 is hard, of course,
1: yeah. <laughs> but but it yeah. looks good. Next question. Looks good. Looks good. What you got next for us? Um, Coleman underscore underscore K twenty nine says, "How good will Dak do?" So um, uh, we're actually recording good. this yeah. as the Cowboys preseason game is going on right now. And Dak played one drive. He was four for four, for four, four. Um, including a pass. One of them was to himself,
0: but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of you know it happened.
1: Yeah, but uh, if four for really four in staff seat, to, though to break down the Cowboys situation right now, Dak can be – Dak will do fine, but if you're looking at the Cowboys as a whole, if they're wanting to make a deep playoff run, they have to have Zeke back. And I expect them to get Zeke back, but it's just just a weird situation right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Just looking at Dak, uh,
0: there's a lot of videos, and apparently former backup quarterback turned offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore – is a great friend and mentor to Dak Prescott, and uh, they said they really like his mind on offense. You know, the offensive scheme was a big hold, hold up for the Cowboys last year. If you look at some videos and what, what Dak's doing, Dak's hitting you know, he, they have those little targets with the nets that you throw into, and Dak's hitting like 30, 40 yard passes, dropping it into those targets. Yeah. Uh, he looks good, he looked good uh, tonight in his one series. Um, I've I think- heard.
1: I've heard scouts say that uh Dak's spiral is the tightest they've ever seen. That's good.
0: Yeah. So, so I think he's going to be guys, good. He's got he's got receiver help. Finally, you know, Amari Cooper had to come mid season last year. Michael Gallup, uh, second year receiver, looks like he's going to be a, a big asset to the Cowboys. Yeah. He's poised for a good season. He's poised to get that bag too.
1: And if you guys are wanting to hear more about Dak and the Cowboys, we can get uh, Cowboys Wave Nick. How, how do you think you say Nick's last name, Colton?
0: I used to know. I used to know. It's it's spelled S V I C H A R. It's Russian. Yeah. It's like,
1: Inviter. I used to
0: know. He told me. I think it's I think I think the C H is a hard C H, uh, and I think it's a long I, but I don't know if you
1: pronounce the S or the V. All right. Well, we can we might be name. able to get Nick on here for a, a short we segment all get about Nick the Cowboys. On here. Yeah, especially with Nick is the Nick is some dead period. Nick coming. is my
0: boss. That's younger than
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> Nick is my boss. That's the same age as me.
0: Anyway, um, last question we've got: Cody underscore Perkins seventeen wants to know what freshman or JUCO player will have the high ceiling this season. Um, and this is somebody that we had not got, or Gavin had probably gotten to see a lot more of than I have, I should say, because um, he was closer to that area. Yeah. and that's a guy that's really standing out in practice. If you watch the videos that are getting put out by Tyler Horka for the Clarion Ledger, and all the guys for Two Four Seven Sports, Javante Payton's balling out as a slot receiver. Yeah. Absolutely balling out. Um, Isaiah Zuber is adjusting, having a having you know a, a you know an average that you would expect adjustment period, but still you know that tough adjustment period, learning a difficult offense. Javante Payton's flourishing in, in practice. Um, they had scrim- They started scrimmages, haven't seen any videos from scrimmages yet, but they started that uh, today. Um, today's scrimmage will close to the media, so we won't have any videos of that. But um, the next couple scrimmages will, uh, should be open, and we'll get to get more info on that. But Javante clean cleaning up.
1: Yeah. And Javante, if you're listening, this is our formal apology. We'd like to uh, – I'm not
0: apologizing. I didn't say nothing bad about we him. Were,
1: we, we doubted him. We will say – because remember we were saying that uh, he might not give very many reps this year. Now it is looking like he could be a starter. So
0: we might have we might have said that, and maybe we should apologize. I don't know. I don't I don't apologize for making a wrong prediction. Yeah. If I made a wrong if I make a wrong prediction, I make a wrong prediction. Yeah. I did say right. he might be one of the best receivers on the team his senior year. Yeah. That's a compliment.
1: Yeah, but Javante Payton, uh, we are, or at least I apologize for sleeping.
0: I apologize for sleeping. Okay, I said it. There yeah. we go. Anyway. Um, no, if, if all, for all, on all seriousness, if we make a prediction that is wrong, or if you think it's wrong and it hasn't come to fruition yet, or if it ends up being wrong later, don't take that as hate or disrespect or on, on a player or a coach or a team. You know, predictions are wrong. Barrett Staley for CBS predicted Ole Miss to beat Alabama last year. I don't think. I think Alabama beat them by at least fifty. Was it like? Was it like sixty-nine no, to I three, think, or sixty-three to three, or
1: sixty-three to yeah. seven? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I think they it put was sixty-three up... to seven. What'd you say? I said I think it was sixty-three to seven.
0: They put up. They went into Oxford and put up sixty points.
1: Okay, and
0: dude said, "I think Ole Miss will upset them." Oh no, you make wrong predictions sometimes. Last thing we're going to talk about is uh, who's in who's not practicing a little bit. I already mentioned Alec Murphy, who's in uh, contention for the third string running back spot. Willie really Gay, in mid middle of this week, ended up in a red no-contact jersey. Um, and he they actually, usually if a player is injured, no interviews whatsoever. But they gave an interview, but, he, of course, they didn't talk about the injury. Players will not talk about their own injuries uh, during training camp. Uh, they said it's not anything serious, though, but, you know, you don't want to – especially a guy that knows what he's doing and doesn't need the uh, the learning so much as just the getting into shape as fall, as fall camp goes. If there's, you know, a mild injury, you'll leave him be. And, of course, in a red jersey, it doesn't mean you're just sitting on your butt not doing anything. You go through non-contact reps and do your drills and uh, your cycles and your repetitions and your exercises. You just aren't hitting people, and you're not uh, lining up against people you're not uh, doing, you know, the little wrap-up drill where you put them down gently, but you still wrap up, you know, to practice for them. Not doing any of that,
1: but he's still out
0: there. Other than that, that's all I've got for tonight. What about you, Gavin?
1: Yeah, that's all I've got.
0: All right, we tried to keep it under 50 minutes, and we were, we were pretty close. I think we're, we're doing good. Yeah. Until next time, best of luck to whatever y'all are trying to do, whatever you've got going on. Um, hope you succeed in all of your endeavors. As always, Hail State and praise the Lord and go, dogs.
1: Hail State. Hail State. Amen.